I've watched the crap out of this movie, so. It's either now or never. It's now. No way! What does he think this is? A cartoon? He's crazy! Programs and welcome to a new episode of Fan Holes Big in Japan. I'm Justin, I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight is one of my panel of Fan Holes. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, what's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. On this episode, we are discussing Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro. This film premiered December 15th, 1979, and it has two English dubs, I believe, but I, yes. I think we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Manga Entertainment presents the first feature film by Academy Award-winning visionary Hayao Miyazaki. See the film that Steven Spielberg says is one of the greatest adventure films of all time. Lupin III, The Castle of Cagliostro. I'm just a simple thief in the night, my lady. Find them and have the interlopers dealt with. Now in a special edition DVD, loaded with all new bonus features. And I thought this would be dull. Including the animator interview, original storyboards, and remixed in 5.1 surround sound. I think we hit a nerve. The Castle of Cagliostro, the special edition. Own the DVD today. You've got to have faith in the thief. Peaceful, isn't it? Castle of Count Cagliostro, Regent. Are you telling me you've broken in there before? Huh? Mr. Thief! 
Just wait. I'll bring your dear thief back to you, flayed in quarter. Good God! Your superiors wouldn't fault you for going back there to catch a thief, right? That devil stole something precious and priceless. Oh, it's just an old ring I found. Maybe it's worth something. Look, the hidden treasure of our ancient ancestors. He's a natural-born lady killer. Watch your step. You afraid? Not really. Brave girl. I'll skewer you. Take your best shot. You won't get away, Let's do some damage. The night you face a sword that is like no other. The time is at hand for light and shadow to unite. Uh. I'm sorry. I regret that we have to dispose of you. I warn you, I'm not an easy guy to get rid of. I've grown weary of you, Lupin. Lupin III, The Castle of Cagliostro. Coming soon in 4K to Ultra HD Blu-ray from Discotech Media. Believe in the thief all over again. Let's just kind of let's just go ahead and get into it. Like like what let's uh let's bypass any kind of like synopsis or anything like okay. I know you, I know you and I are both big fans of this series. Like do you do you remember your first encounter with this film specifically? It's, it, you know, it, it's hard for me to remember because a lot of these movies, I was trying to think about this too, because I knew we were going to talk about this. And I was trying to think about like, you know, it's, I, I feel like I, I, you know, who knows, maybe I'm at peril of repeating myself, but my, my distinct memory of getting into Lupin the third as a franchise and I, I don't think anything's ever topped this for me, but it's like, you know, watching it on Adult Swim, watching the Red Jacket, you know, Lupin Part 2 episodes that were locally translated by L.A. dub guys. And those, the, the, the most unique thing about those dubs was not only were they localized for an American audience, but they were hyperly specifically localized in that it was coming out it was a you know it was an anime that was made in the late 70s that was based on a manga that was from the the 60s and early 70s and they had references to laker games in the 2000s do you know what i mean like like that that kind of unreal but like to me like like something like so unique and awesome you know like to me that that specific dub is like the you know the the shin shan you know of of you know what i mean like like that that it's something that's like not you know i'm sure most you know i don't know bona fide otaku or whatever you know what i mean like they'd be like oh this is poo poo like it doesn't it doesn't it's not an exact translation like it's not faithful to the the original you know, material, be it the, you know, the original translation in Japanese and all that other stuff. But I just remember really getting into that and really enjoying it. Excuse me. Inspector. They say it takes a thief to catch a thief. Did someone say something about a setup? But don't tell that to Interpol's most famous officer, Inspector Zenogata. I knew it! Hot on the trail of the greatest thief of all time. Lupin the third, together with his accomplices, Jigen, partner in arms, Goemon, legendary swordsman, and 
Fujiko, master of disguise. I'm Fujiko. They circle the globe, dodging the heat and looking for the next big score. I got a feeling I can't lose no matter what. Punks thought they were dealing with amateurs. Lupin the Third, Monday through Thursday at midnight. And the best thing about it, everything's free. Sometimes I'm even better than I think I am. And then to, to branch off from there, though, it was like, you know, that was not the only dub game in town because, you know, Funimation was dubbing all these movies. And then, you know, you had the castle of Coliostro, right? Which it's, it's weird. It just, it, it just seems to be this unique animal. And it's like this unique oxymoron contradictory animal. Like to me, like, like it's like, I can say one thing about it and feel like a hundred percent accurate about it. And then I can say the completely opposite thing and feel completely a hundred percent accurate about it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a strange experience to me. Cause it's like, it, the, the, I think I saw this as a Lupin film first, if that makes sense, you know, because I was getting into the Lupin franchise and then maybe found out after the fact that it was a Miyazaki film. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't think I ended up, you know, it wasn't like, you know, when we talk about Miyazaki films and it's like, Oh, Miyazaki's a big deal. And I went and saw princess Mononoke in the theater and I went and saw spirited away in the theater. And then I tried to watch some of these other movies because Disney was, you know, releasing them all. And Disney even released a version of the castle of Coliostro. But if, if I understand correctly and to, uh, maybe pimp out the discotheque Blu-ray. And since I know you're, you're into Blu-ray releases these days, or at least, you know, you, 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 there's, there's, uh, more of a, interest in in opinions on reviews of them you know that the latest discotheque blu-ray which i did upgrade to and i did crack open the plastic to watch this like is a really excellent release because that discotheque blu-ray as opposed to say the disney release that was part of that whole disney line of miyazaki films i think the disney release only has like the one dub from the 2000s and i think it's only the family friendly dub and then the japanese language and that's it And and that discotheque Blu-ray release that I I did crack open and and had upgraded to like I I I I was on this kick for a while where I was like slowly upgrading things and I upgraded like a lot of Gundam to Blu-ray and I updated a lot of or upgraded a lot of what were existing Loop on the Third movies to Blu-ray. And and I still have some DVDs, but I think that's because they hadn't been released on Blu-ray yet. And then there's, I, I, I'm a, a weird persnickety animal when it comes to buying physical media of anime because sometimes I was, and I, I don't think I was under the complete wrong impression, but there, there are certain Lupin the Third movies that I really like that I don't own on DVD or Blu-ray. And the main reason was I was just, I was just you know, overwhelmingly disappointed that uh, they were just, you know, subtitle only, you know, like English subtitles and that was it, you know, and I was just kind of like, well, if I can, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just going to be honest about it. I'm like, if I can, if I can watch that, if I can stream that, you know what I mean? And watch it online, that's, the, you know, 
I, I feel like I don't need to own that, but when when it it's a package like that Castle of Coleostro discotheque release, that discotheque release is is a Blu-ray. It's a, a very well transferred, you know, looks really clean and nice, and you know, a good copy of the film. It comes with Japanese track in mono. It comes with Japanese track in stereo. It comes with the 1992 streamlined dub, which is the dub, I guess, that probably would have been the first time I saw this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I probably rented this from Odyssey Video, and it was that 1992 streamlined dub. And and it was, well, I guess what I was trying to convey is it was more as a, you know, a loop on the, I was watching it as a loop on the third film more than a Miyazaki film, you know, in that first time I watched it. So that would have been, you know, the, you know, the, 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 Red Jacket dub I was talking about on Adult Swim, like that came out in the the early 2000s. And and I probably would have first watched this film, you know, shortly thereafter in the early 2000s. I think that's fair. I I don't remember all the exact details because to be completely honest, what are there now? Like fucking 40 of these movies? You know what I mean? Like, like, and I I, want to say I've seen like maybe over 20 of them. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm a, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Like, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fan to the point that I can tell you the difference between a lot of these 20 different movies. Do you know what I mean? Like if you just if you gave me a pop quiz right now, I'd be like and said, what what's the mystery of Mamo about? I'd be like, oh, I don't fucking know. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it'd be like I, it's like I kind of remember some of them and I kind of remember things like the the streamlined dub. While I have some nostalgia for streamlined dubs, especially for Akira's streamlined dub, you know, just because of how goofy it is and everything. I don't have major nostalgia for this streamlined dub. I don't have a lot of passion for the new dub that came out in 2000 either. You know what I mean? Like, so so uh, I'm not I'm not strongly tied to it. But I mean, as far as a Blu-ray package goes, like. I mean, the only thing they couldn't include on that Blu-ray, which I I don't know if you know about this or we're even going to talk about it, but I found this like totally like a fascinating sidebar is they they don't have the cliffhanger video game that was. uh, Do you know about this? I do not know. So remember uh, Dragon's Lair? Like where where it was the Don Bluth animated thing. So you went to the arcade and you basically put quarters and you played the game and it was just a laser disc game and it would play different scenes from Dragon's Lair. So in an effort to compete like in that market, uh, one of these video game companies was like, well, we want to have our own Dragon's Lair in the arcade, but we don't want to we, we don't have, you know, one point five million dollars to make a Don Bluth animated you know laser disc video game but let's let's try to compete with what we can compete with so they went and they shopped around to a bunch of uh you know japanese anime stuff or whatever and i think i think they tried to do something else i forget what it was and they couldn't get the rights to it or whatever it was but anyway because of all that they ended up taking footage from Castle of Coleostro mostly and some footage from, I think, The Mystery of Mamo. And it was basically like their versions of Dragon's Lair, but it was called Cliff Hanger. And so you played as Cliff, which was Lupin. And and you basically, you know, you, you move the joystick or press the button, you know, when they're jumping over those railings at the beginning of the game and when they're dry or at the beginning of the movie. Right. And they're they're driving around in the, the Fiat and, and turning left and turning right and all this other stuff. And if you fucked it up, it'd be like, oh, you got to put in more quarters and you got to start over to watch 
the clips from the movie. It is a little weird because I think because it transitions between Coleostro and the mystery of Mamo, like there's there's certain clips with him in the red jacket and certain clips with him in the the green jacket, right? But for the most part, it's like it's mostly from the castle of Coleostro. And like the the other thing, and I guess this is more apocryphal bullshit, because I'm sure we're gonna talk about this too. But you know how there's like the apocryphal story, like, oh, Steven Spielberg saw this movie, Coleostro, and it's his, one of his favorite Miyazaki movies or whatever the fucking apocryphal story is, but then nobody <laughs> yeah. nobody can quote it, nobody can yeah, attribute no it. There, there's yeah. no source. It, it sounds like it sounds like those early internet rumors where everybody's like, Oh, Leonard Nimoy vo- voiced Unicron at the end, and it turns out it's all horse shit. You know, like that's that's what it sounds like, right? And so I think on the audio commentary of this discotheque Blu-ray, the guy's like, you know, it may be true, it may not be true, but nobody can prove it. And what 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 most people think is the guy that runs uh, or one of the guys that worked at Pixar, you know, I think his name is like John Lawrence or some shit like that. And like he loves this movie. And that's, you know. I guess that's on file some, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's correctly attributed. Like, like that he's, he's sung the praises of castle of Coleostro and everything. Technically, artistically, story-wise, this movie was a tremendous inspiration for me and it it had a profound impact on me. And I'll tell you another story. Tell me another story. I wooed my wife, Nancy, with this movie. How? This is a story that we all have to hear. It was the summer of 1985. Okay. I met my wife in at the steps of the of the Academy of Sciences Steinart Aquarium in San Francisco, Golden Gate Park. It was SIGGRAPH. It was a computer graphics conference. She was um, she was studying at Carnegie Mellon University and working in the computer graphics lab there. I was at Lucasfilm at the time. We met. It was love at first sight. The next day, we went with a big group to dinner, and I ended up back at my small Victorian flat in the Haight-Ashbury section of San Francisco. Wow. We were having fun and having a little party and stuff, and I pulled her aside, and I showed her clips from this film because I wanted to see how she liked it because this, this movie had such a profound impact, and she loved it. So I, I always say to my good friend, Hayao Miyazaki, because of this movie and because of you, I wooed my wife, Nancy. Soulmates. We've been married 30 years now and have five sons. And um, so all the I, I always, always <laughs> love this movie because I wooed my wife with that it. That is amazing. That is love. That is true love. Soulmates. And you yeah. have Hayao Miyazaki to thank. And that it somehow inspired the disney pixar renaissance or what you know you know what i mean like that that it somehow contributed to you know like we're gonna make animation like this miyazaki guy and 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 that it it rolled into you know what i guess would eventually become pixar but the the whole point of that story is and and you know cutting to the chase of it not going through a long-winded thing it doesn't sound sexy to say oh john lawrence from pixar loves this movie it sounds sexier to say dude did you hear like steven spielberg thinks castle of coleostro is the bomb y'all like that's what sounds like the sexy soundbite so i i guess the 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 story is through like phone tag and and elephant and all that other bullshit, you know, it, it, it turned into, oh, Steven Spielberg said this movie was the shit. But the reason why I go through all that story back to the video game thing is that video game was called, it was literally called Cliffhanger. And if you want, you can see like these contestants play the game on like, a, it's, it's like a, 
there, there was some kind of video game show, I guess, back in the early 80s where they would have these guys compete and play video games against one another and like answer trivia questions and shit. And then they could win like, you know, fucking Atari games or, you know, they can win the the actual arcade console and bullshit like that at the end of the show. And so um, it was called Starcade, I think. And so I watched this Starcade episode and I watched like a playthrough of the game. And like, I don't know, to me, it's like some of those games. I'm like, I get like Dragon's Lair was like a big deal or whatever. But like sometimes you look at it and you go, wait, so this was a game. And it's like you, you know, it ba basically like you had to move the joystick and the buttons in the right combination to keep seeing the interstitials, you know, and it, it didn't show you the entire movie. It was like. It's like it showed you, you know, the opening casino heist and it showed you the opening chase scene and it showed you uh, when when they're going through the the aqueducts, you know, like like to 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 get into the castle, you know, through the aqueducts or whatever. And it showed you, you know, the clock fight at the end or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you know. And, and, and what's funny is that that's why I feel like weird, because I, I, I don't know if I'm like the asshole or what, but it's like I tried watching this with the Streamline dub and because I didn't have to read subtitles, I sort of paid attention to all the action scenes and ignored everything else. And then I watched the 2000 dub and I found myself paying attention to all the same scenes, like all these same scenes that were in the video game, but not the intricate details or the other bullshit. And then when I finally watched the Japanese language version and I was sort of forced to read subtitles, I still found myself wavering, like moving away from when it got into what I'm going to call the, I guess, based on our past conversations, like the, the Miyazaki country bumpkin aspect of his films, you know, that, that, that kind of like sit back and take it all in and just kind of, you know, enjoy the, the laissez-faire of the moment. And it's like, this movie is such a dichotomy to me because it goes from like breakneck pace to that like laid back shit. And when it gets laid back, what I found myself doing was I would again feel drawn away from my concentration on the movie and go, wait a minute, I didn't pay attention to something. And then I'd rewind it and force myself to pay attention to it or whatever. But anyway, the point is about the game game's called cliffhanger right and you're playing as cliff not lupon but which is stupid but whatever you're playing as cliff cliffhanger right you're saving the princess so apparently another apocryphal story which i think has more basis in fact based on when you when you hear the the punchline to this is uh a young actor when this video game came out presumably in the you know the late 70s early 80s enjoyed this game so much that he wanted to option the game as a movie, he wanted to play Cliff and be Cliffhanger and thought it seemed like a cool idea, which is funny because I'm like, it's already a fucking movie. But, you know, back then, animated shit and Japan shit like that didn't count. Right. Like so he was going to make some live action movie of it. And uh, you fast forward. And uh, what movie is named Cliffhanger that stars Sylvester Stallone? Like that basically like like eventually they shit can the entire premise of saving a princess and, you know, ev everything that Castle of Coliostro is about a castle, a count, a whatever. Like eventually it just became like Sylvester Stallone hiking fucking mountains and stabbing people with his hiking tools and punching out people and turned into this big Schwarzenegger action schlock fest. But 
that's supposed to be the punchline of that was like eventually they they basically all they kept was the title cliffhanger and and made their own fucking movie right huh. like so so and and to me i was like oh i'll be damned like that's that's some like like I knew about the stupid Steven Spielberg thing, but I did not know about the Sylvester Stallone thing and went, well, it still might be apocryphal bullshit, but it it, it does have a better punchline. You know what I mean? Like where at the end you're like, oh, yeah, there was a movie called fucking Cliffhanger. And no, it had shit to do with the castle of Cagliostro. But in my world, my uh, my movements through that that stupid Hollywood world, like. It sounds eminently as as much as it sounds dumb. It sounds eminently logical, like like that 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 would have been the end result. Like you'd go through all this bullshit to obtain rights and do this and that and this and that, and at the very end of it, it'd just be like, let's jettison everything and just keep the title. Like, and I'm like, that's so fucking Hollywood. Like it's 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 Hollywood to like a ridiculous degree, but it is. I don't know. I know I kind of rambled and I was spewing in some facts because you you kind of got me in like a research jag, like where I was trying to like because I, I think also with Lupin, I I just kind of watch them for fun. You know what I mean? Like like I I I, I that that's kind of what I feel like. Like I don't have these movies memorized. I've seen a lot of them. I I can tell you what I like. I can tell you how I got into it. I can tell you that for me, the pinnacle is that unique Adult Swim pioneer L.A. dub that is, you know, not um, very Japanese language translated accurate, but is very, very localized. Larceny. Depravity. Immoral behavior. All in a good day's work. But this beats a gentleman. You know you want me. Well, sort of. Excuse me. Bikini inspector. I got a pair of pretty bracelets with your name on them, Lupin. Lupin the third. Next. When you're this smooth, everything's free. Let the good times roll on. And you know what you know what I learned that I didn't know either was that um I didn't realize those guys dubbed part one. Like I had no idea. I thought I thought that was all um you know, just Japanese language subtitles only. And I watched a few of those because Miyazaki, I guess, co-directed some of those. So I was curious about that because that was the other thing I was trying to put together. I was like, you know, to me, I watched this as a Lupin movie first and not as a Miyazaki movie. So like I almost came at this from the perspective of like, why the fuck did Miyazaki direct a Lupin? You know what I mean? Like, like I came at it as like Miyazaki was the big shit. And why did he direct a Lupin movie? But in reality, he that that's where he came from right like he he directed or co-directed like a lot of these early episodes of part 1 and apparently he directed a couple episodes of the red jacket part 2 with a you know a pen name or whatever that was later revealed to be him directing some of those episodes after the castle of coliostro was released or whatever and then he went on to become I guess, you know, quote unquote, Miyazaki, you know, then, then he went on to be a big name, right? And become Miyazaki that everybody knows that that made all these films that, you know, you you are very interested in covering on this show, right? Like, but, you know, I, 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 I was just kind of like, oh, okay, so that this, this is just a natural outgrowth of, you know, Lupin is where he came from. And, and, and then that's how he kind of got into the whole you know that, that that's why he's the director of this 
I don't know. I feel like I talk way too much. Like, how did you, how did you, like, did you stumble into this the same way? Was this, did you come to this because of your love for Miyazaki? Like how, like, what, what's your kind of, how did you, uh, I guess, through the highways and byways of, of Monte Carlo or whatever, how did you come into this film? I must have watched that second dub of this because I don't, you know, that, that first dub, they refer to Lupin as Wolf because of, like, yeah, rights yeah. issues and stuff. Like, I have no memory of him being called Wolf. I think that would have, like, weirded me out or confusion or something. So I must have watched that second one. But, like, I don't know if I saw this movie first or, like, the, I guess, like, the Adult Swim version of the series. Like, I kind of, like, I, you know, I have a lot of fondness for that dub, too, even though, like you say, it's weird. It's like a 70s anime and they're, they're referencing, like, modern Lakers and stuff. It, it's it's weird, but it, it works for me. I have a lot of nostalgia for that, too. I know I know, I knew who Lupin was, and I'm pretty sure I saw something Lupin, like, before I watched it on Adult Swim. I don't know if it was this film or, or something else, because a buddy of mine, like, he was super into anime, and he had, like, he had stuff that he had taped from, like, cable. He had, you know, official, really, for real, reels movies. He had stuff, like, bootlegs he had bought off the internet. So I don't know if we watched, like, the, a real DVD of this film or if mm. we watched some kind of, like, bootleg thing. Because, you know, I told the story he had all these bootleg Rama DVDs. And that's, like, you know, it ruined me on Rama for, like, you know... 15 years or something but like it had been a while since i watched this and it's funny you mentioned how you you just watch these movies for fun because that's my approach too and it hit me when i was watching this like i was watching this i was like man it's been a long time since i watched this like this is still really good and there were like big parts of it i'd forgot like lupon getting shot at the end and you know the ruins and the that's drained i was like had no memory of that but I was sitting there watching this and I was like, are we really going to like, you know, take apart this film and kind of analyze it? Cause I don't think I want to do that. Like I just kind of watch these movies for fun and I mean, kind of like you, like there are so many Lupin films and OVAs and TV specials. Like I- I've seen a lot of them. I don't think I've seen all of them, but a lot of them blur together. And like you, like, I don't yeah. think I could tell you the secret of Momo or the, Dragon of Doom, like certain ones, the, the, like the Fuma, the Fuma conspiracy. Yeah, the 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 you know, it's like there. Yeah, the 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 thing, the the thing that I feel is unfortunate is I think, I think I was always disappointed that the the pioneer L.A. guys did not dub the movies and that it was Funimation that dubbed the movies because basically Krillin was fucking Lupin, right? And it was, I don't know, that it was just a a big degrade, you know, to me, like in terms of, of dub type stuff. Right. And it didn't have the same, it didn't have that same flavor of that, that localized modernization that I thought was so clever and enjoyable when I was watching it at the time. Right. And to go even a step further, I guess what was funny to me was I was like, oh, shit, you mean some of those guys did dub some of the early Green Jack? I had no idea, right? And so I'm sitting there watching this, and I went, yes, I'm paying closer attention to this because it's those pioneer L.A. dub guys, the localized dub guys, and it's not poor Carl Masick and his uh, Streamline 1992 dub that put me to sleep or this other new dub that put me to sleep or whatever it was, right? And 
and I'm like sitting there kind of going, okay, this, this has me more engaged than I was because I'm, I'm watching these old, you know, part one green jacket episodes. But on top of that, like they, they've got the dub cast that I'm most passionate about. But what I noticed about it too, was these were not done in the same localized style. Like it was a straight up, like as far as I can tell, you know, it, it matched the original Japanese translation and was just the same actors delivering the lines. And there was something about that that was also kind of disheartening to me where I was just like, oh, you really can't go home again because it's like I, I was sort of excited about this. I kind of want to go back and watch more of those episodes just because they exist. But it's not quite the same thing to me as those localized Red Jacket episodes that had all the modern references in them. And like... I don't know. You, you you did trigger something for me because because I, I and and I don't know that I I understood this or knew this at the time. But like the 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 earliest thing I can remember about Lupin was that there was a I think it was the Fuma conspiracy, but they called like it was like there was some localized trash dub, you know, from the 80s or something where they had dubbed this movie, but they called him Rupon and it literally had like the R in the title or you know what I mean? Like it was like it was something that was like pre Adult Swim, pre me knowing who the hell the guy was. But like I just I think I ran into this at like a one of these like, you know, uh, it was probably one of those video stores that like Quentin Tarantino raved about in L.A. back in the day where it's like, oh, they have all this rare shit and whatever. And I remember being in a video store looking around and going, what the fuck is Rupon? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what it was. Right. And like and like that's that's something that that you made me flash back to or whatever. But like and then and then, you know, years later, maybe watching the Adult Swim thing, watching Castle of Coleostra, watching all these Funimation dub, you know, TV films or whatever they were right and then flashing back and going oh wait rupon oh th this is them you know they were localizing it and they didn't quite have it all right so it lupon is rupon and you know, you know what i mean like putting putting all that together in your head and realizing it's all the same shit or whatever and i guess getting to what you were saying about you you don't want to analyze this film or anything like that like i mean we can but no 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 no. i i guess i guess what what i feel like is i've i've ended up over analyzing people's analysis or criticism or 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 critical reception or whatever like like that's that's kind of what i feel like it's like i don't i don't necessarily feel like talking about the movie per se do you know what i mean like it's not like i need to have an in-depth conversation about clarice or the count or jegan or going on or whatever like as it relates to the movie but like i feel like the the reception to the movie i find interesting or the creative choices of the movie like i guess what i what, this is what i would pose to you like my reaction to this film is being as a casual lupon fan as i was i think had you asked me this before we did this show what do you think of castle of Coleostra? i go oh it's pretty good right it's one of the miyazaki films with lupon like it's okay like i don't know fujiko's a little weird but it, it's fine like i think that would be my my honest you know, as critical as that is response, right? That, that doesn't, doesn't really break down the movie. doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, I liked it. I don't know. Fuji goes a little off and, 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 but the rest of it, I think is pretty good, whatever. But it seems like Castle of Coleostro ranges 
in critical reception and based on the creatives involved in the franchise to either being the never say never again of the James Bond franchise or the Woody Allen Casino Royale of the franchise. Or if you want to make it like in Star Wars terms, like some people, they make it sound like it's the last Jedi of the fucking Lupin franchise. Do you know, you know like, I, and I, I don't know if any of this sinks in or not, but it's just like, there's, it seems like there's the camp that will tell you that this is a great Miyazaki film, but it's not a good Lupin film. There's the camp that will tell you this is a pretty good Lupin film, but it's not one of Miyazaki's best Miyazaki films. There's the camp of people that will say this film is has nothing to do with Lupin. Like th that these characters are completely foreign, like 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 or there's maybe the the track train of thought that if you watch Castle of Coliostro, like like you know how like they have all those arguments about the Alan Moore shit and it's like it's like, oh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, like it's so easy to just you know, end the Superman franchise. Like it's always easier to break shit than to build it or whatever. Or, or, or if you read the killing joke as if it's the final Batman story, like that somehow puts a new spin on it or whatever. Now th that that's what I heard some people say too, is like, if you watch castle of Coliostro, like it's the final Lupin, like that, the last thing that Lupin ever fucking does. And, and, and then, and then you rationalize all of it. It's like, he, he was like Alex from Clockwork Orange. Like he grew the fuck up. He wasn't lascivious. He wasn't uh, into chicks as much. He wasn't um, as as a bad mama jamma as he was in the manga or whatever the the criticism is. And 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 somehow you're seeing him at his his finest, like in this, where you know I think that's like one of the common either praisings and or criticisms is like Lupin's this thief with a heart of gold and that's not who Lupin is and then and then there's that part of me again like it's like some sometimes I I, I see that criticism and I kind of go yeah I guess I guess I kind of understand that but then there's that part of me that's like well what the fuck tv show were you fucks watching for the last 20 years because like it's not like he wasn't always meeting a girl every other week and falling head over heels for her and doing her a solid in those tv shows either do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and then I was like, am I missing something? And I did, I remember in my casual fandom, this shows how casual I was about it. Like, it's not easy to get scans of Lupin manga by any means, right? So I went and bought like nine volumes of Lupin manga, I think from Tokyo Pop or whatever. Uh, the first time I read any of them was a couple hours before the show. And I read like the very first one. And I just wanted to know, I'm like, are these people exaggerating? Like, like, wh what do they mean? Like this, because Monkey Punch himself apparently saw Castle of Coliostro and said something. I mean, I don't know. Like, this is all translated and shit. So, you know, don't I, I don't know if he really said this or not. But apparently, according to the commentary on the Blu-ray and according to the translation, Monkey Punch saw Castle of Coliostro and said, that Lupin in that film is not my Lupin. My Lupin would have uh, raped and had his way with Cl Clarissa. Like, that's not my Lupin. Like, I don't know whose Lupin that is, right? And I think Miyazaki was like, the Lupin in the manga, like, was uh, 
a younger guy and we wanted to make a, a film that could appeal to a mass audience and an audience that didn't have to be in on all the in fandom of Lupin. And so we started from scratch where all you needed to know was Lupin was a thief and that's it. But also it seemed like they put that spin on him where this is a Lupin that had quote unquote grown up. Like he didn't need to use the finest cigarette lighters and wasn't so enamored with the, the, the esteem of, the the money and the the power and the the lustiness and you know whatever the fuck right and all this other stuff and i can i can see that too where i'm like well yeah i guess if this is the final loop on thing and he's he's outgrown some of that shit or or maybe using like the finest luxury lighter doesn't have the same thrill as it used to or whatever you know whatever it is right like i'm like well i guess i can i can sort of see that position too and that, that's kind of what i meant at the beginning where where i feel like this this film is like an oxymoron or a dichotomy it's like it's it's like that thing where you're like is this is this real lupon or is this fake you know what i mean like like is this real lupon or is this poser lupon and i i don't i don't think i have like a, a strict answer to it because that's that's like your fear right you, you end up over analyzing it and then coming to some decision and end up like not enjoying what you kind of just casually enjoyed or whatever but like having read the manga or at least the first volume of the manga i didn't read all nine right so who knows maybe he gets more lascivious and rapey as it goes on i don't know but as i was looking at it i was just kind of like i don't think he would have raped anybody do you know what i mean like like i think he certainly is more of a killer in the manga he certainly like knifes a lot of motherfuckers in that manga more so but but going back to the tv series i'm like he doesn't really kill a lot of people in the TV series. So I'm like, and 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 in the TV series, it, it certainly is more formulaic where, you know, eventually you get to the point where you have all the Three's Company regulars at the Regal Beagle. You know what I mean? You got Goemon, you got Jigen, you got um, Fujiko, and you got Lupin. And eventually, whether they're together at the beginning or th they all get together at the end, like eventually that's, kind of where usually all those TV episodes wind up one way or the other. And that's where most of these movies, whether you've you've seen 20 of them or 40 of them or however many we've seen, right? Like that's kind of the, the standard formula. It's like Lupin's trying to do something and, and usually a pretty girl catches his eye and this and that and the other thing. And then, and then he's fighting some guy who's nastier than him. And, and Zenigata is part of that formula, you know, like, I guess like, uh, Mr. Fucking Furley of the, the, the threes company analogy, you know, like he's gotta be there to like always hunt Lupin down and it gives you the, the warm and fuzzies and the feel goods, which is also an aspect of this. So it's like, it, it, it cracks me up. Cause I'm like, well, Castle of Cagliostro follows at least the TV formula. And if you want to get like super persnickety and be like, well, that's not like the manga. Well, I'd be like, well, goddamn, until like maybe some of this recent stuff, which some of it I like and some of it I don't care for too much. I'm like, what did follow the, you know what I mean? Like what did exactly follow the manga? Because yes, the manga is much more lust based. I mean, there's certainly more, you know, I guess, quote unquote, golden boy moments where like, Fujiko and other girls are getting their clothes ripped off and they're all getting their O spots triggered and, you know, shit like that, right? Like, that's, that's certainly an aspect of the manga, right? Which is not, I'd almost argue, at least in Coliostro, 
that's um, completely excised, right? That's something Miyazaki's not into. Like that—that's the only argument I would make if I was going to be like in in my original analysis. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good, except for like Fujiko seems off to me. And the reason why Fujiko seems off to me is because like she's arguably like if if I don't know, I don't know how to convey this other than if to me regular Fujiko is a hundred percent sexualized, like at best. Uh, the Fujiko in this is maybe two percent sexualized. Like when she when she uh, leaves him the note with her lipstick, and and I think there's like maybe one scene where she's putting on lipstick or some shit like that. And I'm like, that's kind of sort of kind of like makes me think of Fujiko. But the rest of it's just kind of like, okay, she's in these camo fatigues and she looks kind of butch. And you know, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't doesn't feel quite like Fujiko to me. Whereas I'd say everybody else, like whether they're a small cameo, a big cameo, a large role, a small role, like I I would argue as far as the TV formula goes, they all kind of fit the formula. You know, it's like it's like even even Fujiko to a degree, it's like she's there in disguise and causing problems and out for herself and whatever. I mean, you could easily argue that all kind of fits the at least the TV formula. And as far as like the manga goes, like so far what I've read, it's it's not formulaic and it's all over the place. And it's it's almost easy to see how Lupin is a master of disguise because every other motherfucker in that manga looks just like him. You know, and I'm like, is that a shortcoming of the art? Or is that just Zenigata looks more like Lupin in the manga than he does on the TV show? So it's easier for him to dress up like Zenigata? Like, I don't know. But anyway. So, sorry, again, blithering on. I don't know if you have any any response to, to any of that stuff, because I know you're hesitant to, to go into, like, sort of a critique mode about the, at least the film. But but what I, I guess I'm curious, like, what, what do you what, what's your response to the these kind of like critical receptions, like the people that think this isn't a real Lupin movie or the people that think, you know, maybe it's a watered down version of Lupin. It, it, it's Lupin without his edge. He's just a, a, a guy with a heart of gold and, you know, that's it. I guess sometimes ignorance is bliss because I think this is like one of the standout Lupin. See, and that's things. that's that, that's that's the other that's the other avenue of it. Like there like if you go if you go on the Internet right fucking now and you and you type in give me a list of the best Lupin the third movies in inevitably I'm I, I mean you know this is just me guesstimating but but in the 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 brief sampling of those that I've sampled the I mean unless unless it's like they're this diehard hardcore person that wants to be like well I'm not gonna put Castle Ostra as number one like there's there's a couple guys like that right where they're like if I was gonna recommend one it'd be uh the Fuma conspiracy. If I was going to recommend one, it'd be the mystery of Mama or what, you know, whatever. Like they, they, they want to put some other thing on top because they have that little thing in the back of their mind where they're like, this isn't quite the loop on the real loop on like monkey punch disavowed this. I'm not putting this as number one on my list. It's too easy. But for all the people that are making the easy top 10 list of top 10 loop on movies, every motherfucker is putting this movie at number one because it's a Miyazaki movie and I guess because people like it and, uh, you know, I, I don't know me. I'm, I'm kind of of two minds about it. Like like it's it's hard. The, 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 the action scenes are very engrossing. The 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 pace of the movie is praised, at least by the Pixar guy. Like I, I 
I don't know what I think about. Like, I, I feel conflicted about the pacing. Like, in some cases, I'm like, I'm right there with it. And then all of a sudden, I feel like it screeches to a fucking halt. And I don't know if that's my shortcoming or the film shortcoming or what. But anyway, talk some more. Tell, tell me why this is, like, your pick. Like, why, like, like this is your... You know, like like when when these other people are making their lists, you know, this is your this would probably be like your number one, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, as far as like characterizations go, as far as Fujiko, like I'm with you. It's like, you know, she's very buttoned down. She doesn't have much impact on the story at all. Her hair is blonde the whole movie, which I think is very bizarre. But I can I can just kind of be like, okay, she's in disguise, which usually when she's in disguise, it's just a wig. You know, she just pulls off a blonde wig and, oh, it's Fujiko. But yeah, she's very buttoned down, not sensuous at all. She feels very off. As far as Lupin's characterization, I can see some of the criticism of him not being, you know, lecherous and hard-edged. And if you want to say this is Lupin the end, like, I could buy that. but my the way i always saw it was he's not literous for uh clarice because he remembers seeing her as a mm-hmm. little kid and mm-hmm. that's it's not it's not any kind of like he saves her but he doesn't expect any kind of like romantic entanglement at the end that, to happen i mean and that's and that's i mean that's overemphasized at the end he kisses her on the forehead yeah. he's like and I forget, I've, I've, admittedly, in the last day I've watched two dubs and a subtitle thing, so I don't know which version this came up in. But in one of them, he literally is like, I'll love you like a kid's sister. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, it's very, like, clear, like, the, the person who's a, who's a Sharpedo in this is the fucking Count. And, and not, you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's overemphasized. Like, he, he does not have any... Uh, designs you know to uh i mean i don't know maybe maybe, maybe that's that's too much because because there is there is that aspect where goemon and and jigen are both smitten with her right and there is that aspect where they kind of turn to him and go hey you know if you wanted to stay we could stay and he's like no 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 we're not gonna stay like this isn't our life like we don't roll like this like let's just keep driving or whatever and as for this being perfect like of all the lupon media i've consumed over the years like i think this is my sweet spot like i kind of i prefer a more grounded approach like there's there's cartoon stuff that happens in this but it's always for a laugh right like whether lupon's like trying to swim upstream or you know somebody's like went off the edge and they're trying to like flap their arms or whatever like it's always for comedic but some of these movies ova specials or whatever like some of them get really cartoony with things it's like some of them end up being like some of the movies feel like they're like Mission Impossible movies mixed with like Tom and Jerry or something. Mm. Like they get That's, they get that, a little too far out there. You, you know what it made me think of was I, I mean and and I don't I don't look at this as a negative thing. I just think it's the way Lupin's world is, or at least the way these TV shows and films are. It Lupin is the fucking Roadrunner, and Zenigata is Wile E. Coyote. Like like they literally like chase one another in the same manner they literally have like shit where people stick dynamite in people's faces and their faces turn black or whatever and they're not exploded you know like there's literally uh cartoon violence and 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 that exists in this it's weird to hear them talk about it because they they talk about it in terms of having a balance and and i think 
I think the balance struck a chord with you, you know, in terms of Coleostro, because there's, it's, it's like, there's, there's enough to you. I, I think it's a funny word to use, but there's enough grounding and realism with the, the cartoony Warner brothers caper aspect of it. And, and I guess you, you feel like, at least in this film, it's a good balance, whereas I think what you're describing in some of the other films, one or the other of those is maybe too lopsided. Like, maybe there's too much violence and spawn TNA and bullets and people bleeding all over the place, you know, the kind of anime blood splatter gore, or vice versa. Maybe there's too much of the, you know, you know, hey, pops, and, you know, and, and there's a bunch of, you know, wacky, you know, uh, you know, the, the bullet goes through his uh, neck and the neck bounces back like a rubber band or, you know what I mean? Like some some goofball thing like that happens and you're just kind of like, come on, like this is this maybe maybe some of those are uh, a bridge too far. I I don't know. I again, this is one of those things where I think ignorance is bliss. I think in some aspects, like if you just sit there and kind of go to yourself, well, Look, Lupin is like fucking Superman and Supreme. He defies physics. It doesn't... I'm not going to think about it. It doesn't matter. He can drive his fucking car up the fucking mountain and down the mountain, and it doesn't... Do you know what I mean? Like, and nobody else can do that, but Lupin can do that? Like, okay. Like, to me, I feel like you either you either have to just go go for the ride with that or not. The, the only thing that bugs me, though, is sometimes I feel like... I end up wondering about these things where, and it's not just like this film or whatever, but it's like, it, 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 it made me think about this film in particular and some other films I had watching where where people are at a really, really high point in the air and the, you know, the solution, right? And it, it, it's very much done in cartoons all the time. I used to laugh about it in like, you know, Fox Kids, Batman, the animated series all the time. It's like they, they kick some guy out of a goddamn air balloon, but because he falls into a pool on the rooftop or falls into a bushy tree or some shit, he's not dead, right? And like, some sometimes like there's even that aspect where, and I know this is me just, you know, thinking about it way too hard, but sometimes there's that aspect where you're like, well... If they were really that high up, even if they fell into the water, they would probably die. Do you know what I mean? Or like, or 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 like when she's like grabbing the 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 machine gun after it fires to like stop. Uh, you know, at the end, you know, you know when when Fujiko and and uh, Zenny got to fly off with Lupin and he's all wounded and everything, and she, uh, Clarissa, like you know, moves the the the. It's like stop firing at them or whatever. And if you really think about it, you're like. Her hands should be burned. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that thing should be so fucking hot. Like, but because it's a cartoon, because it's whatever, like, it's just, you know, you just, you know, it's Chinatown. and You're not supposed to fucking think about it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy, like, some of the Tom and Jerry stuff in, like, the series. I, I don't know. I think maybe it doesn't make sense, but, like, the, the series, whether it's, you know, one, two, or three, like, I like some of the cartoony stuff. Like, you know, whenever Lupin is, like, trying to like dive onto Fujiko and like the boxing glove on the spring comes up and, you know, gives him an uppercut mm -hmm. and knocks him out. Mm -hmm. Like that's fine. I think that's funny. And it works for a TV show, but like, I, I don't know for, for like a movie or a special or something like I, I, I don't know. I just want it to be more grounded and maybe, maybe that's wrong of me. Maybe I'm trying to impose rules on something that is in defiance of rules mm -hmm. by its nature. Like, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't quite explain why I feel that way about the different, uh, you know, movies and TV show, but 
I kind of do. What What about the the Miyazaki aspect of this? Like, do you what What about tackling that from your perspective? Like, is this a good Miyazaki film? Like, does this belong in the pantheon of of Disney released films? Like, or is this just a Lupin movie? I feel like this is just a Lupin movie. I, okay. I don't know. It's it's okay. it's kind of like like what you were saying. Like, why did Miyazaki do Lupin? Well, you, yeah, you get your start somewhere. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. It's like what do you mean John Williams did the score for the Lost in Space TV show? Like, well, yeah, like you, you got to get your start somewhere. You know, he right, did. Right, it's right. not like he started out doing Jaws and Star Wars and all this other stuff. It's like you got to you got to start somewhere, kid. But like right. when I think of Miyazaki films, like, you know, I think of Nausicaa or Castle in the Sky. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really think of Cagliostro. So I guess I do separate them. I, I just kind of like I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think I think they're they're probably separated by legal reasons and by design and all that other kind of stuff. Right. Like it's not it's I mean, they, they, they found ways to include those as part of, uh, you know, packages and things like that. But that's why that one Disney version of the Blu-ray only has the one dub and then the one Japanese language track and not all this other stuff, because there's all kinds of legal balls to juggle with that, along with, um, you know, just just. I guess maybe these kind of aesthetic kind of trappings of, you know, oh, this feels like Miyazaki and this kind of feels more like part of a Lupin franchise movie or whatever. So I, I kind of wish Mike was here because one of the things I like about this movie is the rival fusion that we get. Like that's mm, one of my favorite parts okay, of this. Like, okay. I mean, the Roadrunner thing, like that's so apt for a description of Lupin. And I think that's one of the things I like. And this is, I mean, the the the, the climax of this movie, in a, in large part, is the the Roadrunner and Wild E. Coyote are trapped in a dungeon at the bottom of this castle, and they have to work together to escape the the dungeon. And then and then even going above and beyond that, you know, that's part of the what I see is the what I was calling like the regal beagle aspect of it. It's like it's like they they invite. Pops, you know, they invite Zenigata to come down, and it's like, it's like even Fujiko calls him up and it's like, hey, guess who's going to be there? Lupin. It's like, yeah, you thought you were, you know, you were up shit creek and you couldn't even do anything about this counterfeit money because, of course, all these countries are corrupt and they don't want them to be the one that's exposed for, for uh, having the count make them all these, these fake uh, currencies, you know, like, but he can use the Lupin thing as a loophole. And then, you know, it's like in, in one of the dubs, I mean, it's pretty funny because when he goes downstairs, it's like the, 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 it's very overemphasized. Like what have I uncovered? Like, Oh no, you know, like kind of thing. But it's like that, that's exactly why he's there to like, you know, basically, you know, stop this, uh, counterfeit money ring from, from going off too. So yeah. And then, and, and, and that, like you said, with Mike, you know, the, the rival fusion thing. I mean, that's that's certainly, uh, you know, plays a large part into the the conclusion of this movie, for sure. I also like the way Zinigata is treated in this. Like some of those films, like I'm sure you've seen, like they just kind of they treat they treat him as a complete joke and they just do mm. nothing with him. It's like they they dump like frozen fish on him and have a laugh. And then he he has no impact or doesn't anything. I, I kind of like the ones where. He's a he's a really for real character. He has an impact on the plot, and he's not just like 
you know, joke after joke or something. I think I think also too, like like he, you know, I mean, it, it's almost like he he has like the he's deceptively insightful. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like like that's that's the thing. Like where he he he. Just because he's one step behind Lupin, like Lupin is like usually five steps ahead of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like just because he's one step behind doesn't mean he's a fucking dunderhead. It just means he 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 catches on pretty quick. It's just he's just he's just ever so you know he misses the fucking Roadrunner by a hair, but he's still pretty fucking good, you know. And it's like that's why like his last line is like you know she's like oh well Lupin didn't steal anything from me and he's like no he stole the most important thing in the world honey he stole your heart you know like it's kind of like that that insight you know i don't know is is um you know is what makes that character kind of special i think i was laughing because when i when i read the manga i think the first couple pages is zenigata coming in and yelling at a bunch of sit-in hippies (laughs) <laughs> and so I was just it made me laugh because I'm like, oh, yeah, this was written in the 60s. And I'm, and then and then I had that another Captain Shaw moment where I was like, you tell him, Zenigata. And there's fucking hippies. Like, Get the fuck out of here. But uh, yeah, it was making me laugh. But uh, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, I am old. But whatever. Who cares? I don't know, man. That, that quote from Monkey Punch about Lupin's attitude kind of makes me like wary of like getting into the manga because i've never read any of it either yeah that's that's what i'm like i uh, because i and and i uh, to be honest i haven't quite encountered that i don't know if that's uh you know an ass wipe translate you know what i mean like (laughs) like, is that an ass wipe (laughs) translation like did he really say that are you sure he said that like because that seems like a, a little harsh like to me it makes me wonder if it i mean to me the there's a distinction between what if what he really said was, oh, well, my Lupin would have had his way with her. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, OK, that's still probably not what, uh, you know, a modern day people would want to hear. But to me, there's a distinction between oh, Lupin would have had his way with that girl and and Lupin would have raped her like that. Th- there's a distinction, meaning like at least he would have availed himself and 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 used his charms you know what i mean like 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 not that not that she was not consenting to you know what i mean like so it's just i don't know the 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 minute you bring up the word rape that to me you know basically is that there was no consent involved in it and it's like and it's like i think that's what your fear is and like i i gotta say like there's been some there's been some raunchy shit there's been some some uh even i'd say non-consensual violent shit but it's nothing that lupon's done it's usually like the bad guy that's like doing some like kinky you know weird shit or whatever and then that guy gets like killed at the end of the story or you know what i mean like he he gets a comeuppance for how he how he rolls right and i'm just kind of like i don't you know i don't know so so far i i haven't encountered that but i mean i i may keep reading just to see if i stumble upon anything that that um you know proves that point but i i think i think they were also talking more about Lupin's lifestyle like like it did seem like Miyazaki because because you know they're there I, I don't know if this is something that's well known to you or you were just blissfully ignorant of it but they talk about like the fiat car 
that he drives in the beginning, right? Like that's oddly, like that's one of those things I think of as an oxymoron, right? Because that car in the car Clarissa is dry, Clarice is driving. I, I guess the car Clarice was driving was Miyazaki's car, and the Fiat was um, I forget one of the other guys' cars that worked on the movie or whatever, right? And so. I guess the rationalization was they own those cars, so it was easier to have them as frame of reference to do that car chase animation sequence, right? And that those cars were somehow, quote unquote, easier to draw or to draw because of that than his Mercedes. But that that's that's the kind of thing that, you know, I mean, I guess maybe maybe this will speak more to you. Like like the the people that, you know. James Bond drives an Aston Martin and has a Walther P38, the end. You know what I mean? Like, like there are those James Bond fans, right? Like, you don't, you don't have James Bond drive a fucking, you know, some other fucking car, right? Like, it's like, you know, there, 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 there are those caveats of that, 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 those expectations that people have. And some people the the Lupin thing was was similar, right? It's like the Lup Lupin drives that Mercedes, whatever the fuck model it was, you know, that he drove in the comics, that he drove on the part one. You even see that in the little flashback. And that's why that that's why I think they they were trying to have their cake and eat it too, where where they they were like saying, Oh, remember when I was a wild crazy guy in the good old days and I when I first tried to to find out about the counterfeit money and I failed. Like that's supposed to be an acknowledgement of, oh, your Lupin happened, but this Lupin here is 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 slightly different. And part of that difference is supposed to be he doesn't have to drive the Mercedes. He can drive the Fiat because it gets the job done. He doesn't have to have like this expensive rare you know, lighter. It's like it can just be like a big piece of shit lighter as long as it fucking lights the cigarette that's all he can you know what i mean and it's like that that those are two very different world views about things and i could see why somebody would be like well if you're if your vision of james bond is martini shaken not stirred and then somebody comes along and says ah you know it's cool if it's if it's stirred it's cool you know, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean it's cool if it's dirt? You know, like, 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 I, what, what, you know, like, and, and so I think, I think that's part of what ends up happening. But th then, then it's like, is that a slap in the face? Like, does that mean like James Bond grew up if he's okay with getting a stirred one? Do you know what I mean? Like, cause that, that seemed to be what, what the, the, the implied, uh, interview quote was was like oh yeah well lupon he, he's grown up he's not as lascivious he doesn't care about those uh those uh, uh what's the right word to say uh you know like when you're into all the latest fucking shit the the i can't think of it the the people that need their iphones and their ipads and all that other fucking shit anyway i can't think of the the, the, the term escapes me at the moment. If you are getting the newest iPhone, if you are getting Louis, Gucci, or Balenciaga, you have not understood what status symbol really means. The most valuable status symbol of today is not money, cars, luxury items. Everybody can get this shit.
The number one of status symbol now is silence. But like just just the the, the fact that you're trying to eat, you know the Gucci bags and the you know whatever I I can't think of the term but basically like Lupin somehow outgrew the need to to be you know part of that uh, social culture or whatever right so I don't I don't know. See one of my favorite Bond films is The Spy I Love Me and in that film he drives a Lotus and it turns mm. into a submarine so it mm. like I am fine with you know like. I love James Bond's films. He doesn't always have to drive the Aston Martin like that. That doesn't and, bother and see, me at all. And, it's fine. And, 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 and it's not me. I'm not being the, right. the stickler or whatever. I'm just saying like the, the, these are the, the these are the things like I find interesting to discuss. Like not that I'm breaking apart the movie and saying what the movie did was wrong or what these guys are saying is right. But like there there does seem to be that that uh, gut reaction to it where it's like if it's you know, if, if yeah, it, it's the same thing, you know, where, where people have those gut react. If like Superman doesn't have underwear on the outside and he doesn't have the red cape and the blue tights, then it's not Superman, you know, and you're just like, well, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like that doesn't for me, that's not necessarily true 100 percent of the time. But, you know, it's it's the same thing like what you're saying, where you're like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of times he's driving an Aston Martin, but guess what? In this this other film that I really like, he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, does that mean it's not James Bond? Like, some people, I guess maybe the hard and fast rule is yes, that's absolutely not James Bond. But to some of us, it's like, well, they, you know, maybe they have more uh, more wiggle room than that. You know, that they're that they can they can work within. I'm happy to be ignorant of all these arguments because, like you said earlier. I watch these for enjoyment. I don't want to dissect them or like, you know, write a thesis on them or anything. I'm just like, yeah. I like Lupin. If there's a new series or a movie or a special, I'm going to watch it because I like it. And I'll discuss it with you if you watch it. But I don't, I don't know. Lupin's not a thing that I want to like run to the internet to and like spew my thoughts on or or even absorb thoughts, I guess. Mm, mm, yeah. Which is yeah, weird because yeah. we're doing a podcast on it. But <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I mean, but, but that's, I, I, I think, I think, to me, I find it fascinating because I, I don't think I heard of, of all of these things that I explored. I don't think I've heard anybody utter that. Do you know what I mean? Like it was either it was either, you know, the the people that are like, oh, this is a Miyazaki film and it's the greatest film ever. And you should you should be a you know, you're a duty head if you don't like the Miyazaki film or it was, you know, this is not true Lupin, and and if you think this is true Lupin, like, you don't know what Lupin is, you know what I mean? And and it's like, I, I think here I'm just kind of like, well, you know, for, for the time being, as, as, as candy ass as this sounds, I'm just going to say, uh, I think most of this was all Lupin, but, you know, you, you can come up with rationalizations or, or whatever it is of, of why it's Lupin in different stages of his life or some such. Right. Or or with different philosophies or even different interpretations, kind of, you know, treating Lupin like a Batman thing where he can like absorb, you know, eras and current. You know what I mean? Like that, that to me, the Adam West Batman is just as valid a Batman as, uh, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman, you know, for lack of, you know, just reaching out at plucking things through the air or whatever you know like so it's like that doesn't you know that th doesn't mean you know just because you know you're dead set on one being the one true version doesn't mean like all these other versions these interpretations are invalid or whatever but i mean i do i i, I do i do find myself conflicted because 
I, I was trying to think of myself. I'm like, well, I know this is the go-to movie for everybody. Like, I know this is like, oh, this is the number one or whatever. And I kind of thought, I, I, I will say this. I, I don't know that this is the number one Lupin thing for me. Like, and I don't know if it's just the number one thing for me is and will always be that unique localized dub of the Red Jacket Part 2 era. Or if, like, the, the only... Because I, I looked through a list and I was trying, like, for the life of me, because you know how we said we just watched these things for enjoyment, and I still couldn't tell you what any of this shit was about. But when I looked through that list again, I was just kind of like, well, I recognize some of the titles of these movies, but I couldn't tell you if they were good or bad or if they had, like, the Fujiko I liked or the Fujiko I didn't like or whatever. I want to say, like, The Mystery of Mamo had, like, more of a Fujiko that made, you know, that seemed like it made sense to me, but I haven't seen that in a long time either. And then the one thing that stood out was like that first contact movie. Like I felt like, like I, I barely remember much about it, but it was kind of supposed to be like a, a year zero, like an origin movie or some sh such. And like, I just remember enjoying that. And, and, and the fact that I remembered that I enjoyed that, I don't know if it's because it's something like one of the more recent things that I saw and it stuck out to me. But I mean, there's other quote unquote recent things that I've seen that I didn't care for too much. I mean, you know, supposedly the, you know, the Fujiko Mine thing was supposed to be like more monkey punch accurate, which I can't really tell you if that's true or not, but I, I can't say that I cared for it very much. You know what I mean? And then there's some people that, that rave about all those new movies, the, what, there was the Jigen one, the the Goemon one, and then wasn't there like a Fujiko one or something like that? And I, 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 and it's like, I feel like, I think I've seen those, but like, I can't remember like whether they were great or whether I just was kind of like, yeah, that was fun. And that was the end of it. Like, so I don't know. It, it, it was like, I, I wanted to put myself on the spot and be like, well, what other than this, like, what is, you know, other than castle of Coliostro, like, like what, what are your Lupin recommendations? Do you know what I mean? And I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I think it would be that first contact movie or whatever it was. Cause I, I remember, I remember liking that and, and, you know, as far as the movies go. So, but that's, that's all I could come up with. Most of those newer movies are pretty good, but like, you remember how we kind of like deride like that Batman movie where like Nightwing should have died like 12 times. Mm, mm. There's, um, I think it's the Jigen's gravestone movie. Like there's like multiple instances of that where like, you're like, man, Lupin should have died like 12 times already. Like he's just mm. he, like at the, like he was really bloody at the end. But I'm like, Man, he should be more than bloody. He should be dead. Um, that, that, that's probably that 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 opposite end of the spectrum where it's too gritty and realistic, and then you're sitting there going, "Geez, how did how did these guys survive this shit?" Like if it was a little more road runnery, or you know what I mean? Like if it was a little more acme capers, then then maybe you you wouldn't be questioning it so much, right? Other like Lupin stuff that I would recommend, like I like the Green versus Red movie. I thought okay. that was a lot of okay. fun. And then this is, you know, pulling back the curtain. This has been on the, the uh, docket for like twelve years now. But like, I really like that Lupin versus uh, Detective Conan movie, and we will talk to, we will discuss it one day. But hey, I was, I, I've been asking you, can I, I know. open the plastic on that and talk about it? So I know, but uh, that's that's a fun. Which is Lupin that movie? The, the, 
I have to ask this again because I always ask you this. There's there's the movie version and the TV version. So are they both good or is it is it one that you prefer over the other? I think I prefer the movie. I mean, the, the little like TV special, that's good too. But I don't know. I, there's something about the movie I think stands what, out a bit more. The, the other thing I guess I'd ask is I'm – I am a super duper Detective Conan neophyte. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything to do with Detective Conan. Am I going to be, like, completely lost or am I going to be just fine? You should be just fine. Okay. I mean, it, it's not like I'm going to make you sit down and watch all, like, 1,100 episodes and 20... 30 movies by now, I now, now i got now i got visions of me like alex <laughs> no more sir no more i've seen the light i mean that that is kind of my nefarious plan in the back of my head that i've had for 12 years it's like ooh, this like i like detective conan like maybe if i like you know throw some bait out there this will be the thing and I'll, I'll get Derek hooked on detective conan and because there's so much detective conan he'll go crazy <laughs> Hey, that's, I mean, that, as, as far as nefarious plans go, that's that's not a bad one. I mean, <laughs> not completely without merits. I don't know. So are we, are we, are we taxed? Have we, have we talked about what we need to talk about with Coleostro? Is there anything else that you, you wanted to get off your chest about it? I, I don't think so. I, I, I'll just, you know, reiterate again, like I watched these for fun, like, whether it's, you know, the the series or the movies or the specials. Like, I was watching some of the, the second series on Tubi uh, a while back just for fun. And it, I don't know, watching those episodes, like, I, I was watching the sub because I'd never watched the sub of the TV series. I just had fun watching them, and it kind of took me back to, like, you know, early 2000s, you know, just going over mm-hmm. to my buddy's house and watching Lupin and laughing your asses off and then, you know, staying up till like four in the morning playing some Nintendo 64 game or something. I don't know. It's kind of, even if it's like a new Lupin project, there's a little bit of nostalgia that like takes me back mm-hmm. to, you know, early early days at Lupin. And, yeah, and yeah. even if it's not a very good Lupin thing, it's still better than uh, other things that are out there. That's so, true. That's true. It's like it's like when you have those conversations. It's like, well, you know, bad Star Trek is still Star Trek, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's that that kind of thing where you're like eh, you know it's like it's like subpar lupon is probably better than some really rad ass anime that you don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole right like so there's there's that aspect to it too you can you can be hypercritical or judgmental about it but like we've been saying i think i think in the large majority of the things that i've watched like you know i again I'm just doing it because I'm I'm entertained by it, you know, and, 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 and for the most part, I think this was, you know, this franchise in general to me is fairly entertaining. I mean, if I if I was going to, you know, uh, analyze or, or whatever, like I, I think I think the part of this film in particular to me. And and it might I don't know it might not even be particular to this film. It's just it, it's one of those things where this is not you know I mean I don't know I, I feel like this is me with a broken record, but this is not a Western-made film. You know what I mean? Like and it's like there are things about that that are glorious and fascinating, and there are also things about this that where it doesn't quite fit your perceived expectations of what um, you know. Uh, Hollywood American entertainment is or 
serves the needs of or whatever. So in like in some cases, like I say, I sit there and I, I drift off and maybe lose interest from it. And in other cases, I'm glued to the screen. So, you know, that's I, I don't know if that's damning or faint praise or whatever. But I mean, I, I, I think it's I think it holds true of this where, you know, I, I did just kind of have it on almost as background noise with the dubs and, and didn't really key in on all the important moments. And it wasn't until I was just kind of forcing myself to watch all the subtitles and, and, and really clue in on all the little beats, you know, whether it was, you know, it's like you can watch certain scenes in this movie again, and there's like multiple layers to them where it's like they're in the restaurant eating the spaghetti, they're fighting over the spaghetti. But, you know, one layer is they're getting all the exposition on the princess. And part of that is exposition for you. So you understand who Clarice is and, and what her backstory is. But then also the an even further level is there's all these tourists in the background and they're there for the wedding and that expands the the world building that they're doing. And then even further back from that, there's a spy there who's spying on them that knows they have the ring and walks off when he hears they have, you know what I mean? That's going to report on them. And then that the level from that is like Lupin and Jigen are not idiots and they know they were being spied on. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, like, and you can go back and rewatch that scene like, you know, two or three times and like focus on, intently on each of those aspects individually but i would be hard pressed to say even the most ardent experienced movie watcher you know somebody who who is 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 very observant could grab all of that on their first viewing you know what i mean and 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 so i guess in that sense you know may, maybe that's praise right there, there's a lot of uh, layers and rich detail to the film that uh, potentially would, uh, you know, almost force you into rewatchability because you can get new things out of it when you see it subsequent times. But yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's all we've got for tonight. So if there's any comments, questions, and or concerns, do you do you guys like Lupin the Third as a franchise? Do you watch a lot of Lupin the Third? You can email us and tell us at fanholspodcast at gmail. Com. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr. We're on Twitter or the X. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets and Xs that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify for the moment. And I think we're still on Google Play and, and some of those places to be streamed. So uh, check us out there. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you can direct download uh, Big in Japan, all the episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. Or you can just type fanholes into any, you know, streaming uh, app or podcatcher or whatever that you use. And you should be able to pull us up and, and listen to us there. So that's going to do it for tonight. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. And this is Justin signing off.
Derek, did you know that Steven Spielberg said Fennels is his favorite podcast in the entire universe? Shit, man. That's, uh, I think, I think we gotta, we gotta keep with that. Like, that, that is something he said. Like, if we paste that all over our blog and on every title card we ever have will, from will, now will on. It, will it eventually get out? Yes. Yeah. Spielberg loves that fan holes podcast. Or, or will we gonna, are we gonna get like a cease and desist? Cease and like, desist. Like, we're gonna sue you. Like, stop, stop saying that Spielberg likes your show. I <laughs> don't even know what it is. Dude, like, m- maybe we can lend credence to it. We should do, like, a Blackhawk episode and be like, see, Spielberg listened to our Blackhawk episode and when he was doing research for the Blackhawk movie that they've been saying he's going to make <laughs> for the last 40 fucking years. And uh, he really liked it. And uh, so Panels is his favorite. It's true. That's how it works. I'm just going to wait and see if my stupid fucking dog shuts the fuck up. It's Carl. He's guarding you. I know. I know. It's Carl. <laughs>